Yeah, buddy, here we are. Yes. It's that time again. It must be Monday. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the Drum Brigade podcast. That's it. It's Monday, and we're here, and it's now. Yes, sirree. Mm-hmm. Um, happy to be here. A little bit tired today, Phil. I don't know why. I'm tired, too. And my body's just going through some changes, dude. Um, really? All right. We're going to get into all that. My name is Corey Kingston. I'm here um, in wonderful Oceanside, California, in the beat locker at Pimp City. Yes. Just doing the thing we call the Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 92. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, over there in uh, Phil's castle, what's the hassle? It's the one, the only, fantastic, funky Phil Pardell. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me. Mm-hmm. Me. Yeah. We got a great show ahead of us today. Um, coming in hot, man. I came in with plenty of time to just start on time. And my wife decided to update our computer and then just hit update and then close the laptop. And so oh. I opened the laptop and it was like, hey, <laughs> yeah, no, you oh. still got like 30 minutes of time left to update this thing. And we're not going to let you do nothing else, not even log on to Wi-Fi. That sucks. So I had to wait it out. So now we're starting the show 30 minutes late. Not her fault, though. She was probably thinking that she was doing something good like oh yeah this needs an update um so anyways we're here it's now we got a guest it's it's a somewhat controversial guest for me and i'll explain it after when we get into it uh rylan steen is coming on yeah yeah he plays in the band plays in the band real big fish plays in the band america america um and he's played with a bunch of other bands too uh, free moral agents and the list goes on fantastic drummer this guy fantastic drummer we go way back um i've known him for a long time we um were on warp tour together in 2008 he was very cool to me um i had a lot to say about his band though so i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna try to fret like casually get into that in a friendly way um but yeah so rylan's coming up uh, in a few minutes, uh, stoked to have him on and, um, yeah, looking forward to chatting, catching up with him. Uh, just a few, um, bullet points, guys, Patreon. We have a Patreon out there, bonus content, exclusive bonus content, um, for only for you guys that nobody else can get. Uh, we have a lesson program that is on, like a bunch of things are on drumbrigade.com. So we have this wonderful podcast. We have the lessons. We have merch. Our merch store is the best out there. If there was ever a brand that is, there isn't really a brand besides like Destroy a Drum that is like for drummers, by drummers. You know what I mean? So we have that. And um, it is really dope. Um, so... Yeah. Uh, we all good, Phil? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I keep muting my mic because my kids are being loud. Oh, that's all good. I can't wait till they're old enough to come on, you know, and talk drums. Um, 
So, uh, anyways, yeah. If you guys have any con, any um, any any questions or any comments or anything like that, just use the contact form on drumbrigade.com, um, and we'll gladly answer those questions on the air. And like, yeah, if you guys want to just get in touch with us, you want to be a guest, I don't know, just hit us up. All right, so let's get into it. Yeah. Camaraderie over competition, Funky Phil. Yes. That's what's up. I ain't got no time for nonsense. Um, so Rylan Steen is coming on. It's a great drummer. But there's like, I, I have to like, I, I don't know. I have to like, I, I've had this conversation with him like 12 years ago where I was like, bro, Look, you have to understand something. Like I'm an I'm a like a ska and reggae like purist, I guess you can say. I like it when bands do it correctly. I understand there's a time and a place. It's like how I feel about Sublime. Uh I feel like they've created their own genre. I feel like they've taken reggae and made their own style and now that's a a style. Like the 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 Orange County beach you know, um, what do they call it? Uh, I forget, I forget what they call this kind of reggae, but it's like this, they're from long beach, right? And they're, they play this style of reggae that is not like roots reggae. So it's like Cali reggae. That's what it's called. So now they've created their own genre. That is Cali reggae. Okay. Well, um, when we were on warp tour in 2008, we were really like my whole life. I, I mean, even now, like playing in Western standard time and stuff like that. Look, I understand there's a time and a place and there's a spot in this world for people that aren't trying to keep our music, ska and reggae, like authentic. And so when the third wave of ska and reggae hit, I was kind of like, yeah, it's cool. I get like ska core and, and punk and I like punk too. And like, you know, I just prefer traditional ska, but this is where it gets controversial because real big fish came in the mix and they basically like, they basically like weird owled our music. Okay. <laughs> now this has nothing to do with Rylan, our guest coming up, but they've basically weird like owled. taken everything that was tough and unique and groove based and just heavy and Jamaican about this music and made every like band geek in the world be like, we're nerds and we love it. And <laughs> like, I love like I'm, that, that sounds that's, that's actually not what I'm trying to say. They've just taken our music and made it a toy and made it dorky and goofy. And I had a big problem with that over the years. Um, and I would, I was, I like, I am a fan of the way Ryland plays. And that was what was crazy when we were on tour with him. Like, I hated this band. I thought, I, I mean, I was like, I cannot stand these guys. These guys don't even know what ska is. You talk to them about ska and reggae music and they're just like, yeah, I, whatever. I don't know. And so I kind of had a conversation with Ryland, like, like, hey, man, like, I got to tell you, like, he's like, I really like what you guys are doing. And I'm like, you don't even know what we're doing. You have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> oh, no. 
And like, I wasn't trying to like fight him, but I was like, honestly, like, and he's like, yeah, no, dude, honestly, I don't know anything about this music, you know, as far as like the history, but I know about the band that I play in. And I was like, yeah, you do a good job in that band for real. Um, and he was just like, it was more a connection on a drummer level, right? Than like a scene level, like ska and reggae scene. Yeah. So I was like, I kind of got the picture where I was like, okay, I get it. These guys aren't trying to be these pioneers in this third wave ska movement. They're just having fun and being dumb. And Rylan was like very professional and being like, yeah, I got a gig and like, I'm touring all over the world and making good money. And the thing that was pissing me off was that the, the following that these guys had, like every kid, we would play there. We would like our stupid label and our, like our stupid people at this time. This is when I was playing in the Agrilites. They would put us, they would make us play an acoustic set huh. while they were signing autographs. So the, so, so we would go to a tent where they would sign autographs and the line would be like a mile long for this band that like, I am not cool with. (laughs) And here I am playing like a djembe, like humiliated. At least it wasn't a cajon. No. And like, (laughs) it was like, (laughs) agrolytes are freaking sitting down. That's not our show. And we're trying to get these kids to like, pay attention to what this music is supposed to sound like, you know? And like these kids could care less because think about like, if you're a fan of weird owl, but then the song that he's actually covering, that is like the real song that artist is playing next to weird owl. And the people that like weird owl are like, yeah, but weird owl, (laughs) you know what I mean? That's, that was us where we're like, this is this is the music that you guys are actually listening to, but you like that because it's kooky and corny. Yeah. It was really hard. So like anyways, now this is why it's controversial because I feel like I'm talking bad about our guest, you know, and I'm like blatantly talking bad about the band that he plays in, but you'll see dude when he comes on like I'm hoping, you know, I I'm not like I would I said all of this to him a long time ago and like I think like we've kind of somewhat kept in touch and um, I just feel like this dude is obviously it goes without saying that he's a really great drummer, a fantastic musician and like a fantastic drummer and very professional. And like for me, 12 years ago compared to me now for me to like get that and be like, actually this dude's all right. You know, like, I don't know if I'd have a conversation with the singer in that band, but this guy is like, all right. And he's like, actually just a drummer like me, like, uh, you know, uh, on a, on a bigger level, but like, this is a gig. He doesn't care about ska and reggae music, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. and then, and, and now, you know, he's playing with America and, and, and he's been playing with, with some of the guys in that band for a long time. And so it's like, that shows, you know, who he is as a drummer. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. So, um, Some you good know, and obviously, if I wasn't cool with this dude, I would not be having him on. So, if you guys are like, "Dang, man, a little harsh," like, <laughs> chill down a little bit. All right, this this dude is cool, and like, we had this conversation where he was like, "Yeah, I get it." Like, he came at me with the same kind of thing where it's like, "Yeah, I get it." You guys are playing the uh, authentic, like, you know, version of this music. 
So I get it. I get what we're doing too, you know, or it's just, um, but they were, you know, the kids were responding to their stuff. And so you have to respect that, you know, anyways. Um, so I guess we'll get into that a little bit more, but <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Like I've never, I don't know if I've had a guest on where, you know, like where I, it's kind of a controversial, like he plays in a controversial band for me. Like I am not a fan of real big fish. Sorry to say it, dude, <laughs> not a fan of that band, dude. And you know what? My friends aren't either. Yeah. Well, you know, it was a moment in time. Yeah. You know, it was very, still... they were very, very popular when they were out and it was very, had a lot of pop appeal to the young masses. It's really hard to explain, man. People that are into ska and into that like subculture or counterculture or whatever you want to call it. Um, it, it you know, it's we, it, especially like in the nineties, man, we took it so serious and it was like, it was like the mod, you know, mod, um, thing scene where it's like, you have to dress a certain way and you have to get it right. And if you don't, then you're just going to be a total poser and you're not going to, you know, it's like, it's all about like vintage clothes and stuff like that, you know, and dressing sixties and looking right. And, you know, it's like, it's, it was it made you like, feel like you belong to a, a scene. And so for a band to come through and just be like, like, I, I remember I looked up like, you know, how to dress like ska or something like that. And it was like this kid in like, it was a drawing of a kid in like Dickie shorts and like a Hawaiian shirt and like, a, a fedora hat it looked like a band geek and it, that that's like how they dress and i was like this is what what the heck is this you know and it was like itemized like if you want to dress ska you must wear a hawaiian shirt and dicky shorts and a fedora and like checker socks and i'm like oh my gosh like yes yeah, so you know, this I'm talking about dorky stuff that was that happened like when I was a kid that is not relevant today. Yeah. Anyways, um, so anyways, Rylan coming up. <laughs> Wait, so now, he, is, did he play with them from the get go? Is he like the uh, original drummer? No. Okay. I don't think so. No. He's on like some of their albums, like a, he's on their live album and then I mean obviously he's been playing with them for a long time now. Yeah. So um yeah it's and it's dude it's it's fine it's totally cool it you know they're they they put on a great show and they have a like a crazy crazy following you know they've taken over the ska scene i mean it's like literally it's taken it's that kind of music has taken over and so um it is what it is you know but um so yeah Anyways, we're going to talk chat with him. I would like to get his opinion on that too because I know he's like, dude, I don't have, I never claimed to be ska guy. Like I never claimed to be anything about that. I just claimed to be a drummer in the band with a good gig. <laughs> with a great gig, yeah. Good so, gig. Um Funky Phil, anyways, sorry to um borderline soapbox right at the get-go, but um No, I get yeah. it, you know. You got some some feelings about it. How, how's it going with you? How, how's your week, you know, and all that stuff? Do anything cool? Nah, it's been a pretty uneventful week, if I'm totally honest. Uh, just a lot of the same same stuff, you know, taking care of the kids. Yeah. Working on the room a bit. Uh, That's um, good. Wait, I've got 
Oh boy. It's just a short one. My toilet broke. <laughs> <laughs> just the drum fill? How yeah. Did... Yeah, I did why, well, you know, it's it's not that big of a deal. It's one of our toilets started leaking from uh the bottom of it when you flush it. So that's super oh, cool. Boy. Um, so do you have to get a new toilet? It looks that way. I mean the toilet it's the toilet's pretty old and it, it hasn't been working great anyway. So so the boys get to pee outside? Oh, we have a we have another toilet, luckily. Oh, okay, so good. We'll all be it, sharing that one now. But it's just, you know, another thing on the pile of stuff that I have to try to accomplish on one day of the week where I, where I can <laughs> accomplish things. Dude, you're full on, just full on construction, Dad. So we'll have to buy a toilet. Yeah, like the bolt that holds the toilet to the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bolt holds the toilet to the floor just came right out i was like trying to pull the cap off of it to see if it was tight and the toilet was secure to the floor and the whole bolt just came right out in my hand <laughs> oh like, my gosh that's not good so oh boy yeah it's gonna it's gonna suck but you know it'll be fine you probably have to re-drill it and like or put a um... What are those things called? Like the rubber. I, I it's been a long time since I done I did um construction, so I don't really even know what stuff is anymore. Yeah. You have to like hammer drill the concrete and then hammer in like a rubber thing that will you can screw into. I forgot what it's called. Some kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. All right. I I played a gig this week again. Again. What? Fourth fourth gig. I played a live stream thing with James East and Lily. Super cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm back, Phil. I'm back. For real. Did a I did a did a day in a life for this thing. It's uh, I'm still editing though. Um, yeah, I was called for this thing called EnterTalk TV. They do live broadcasts or live live streaming things, and they have a podcast network and. All kinds of stuff. So um, that was really cool, though. Felt like I was really doing something different, you know, something like I used the stuff I used to do. And uh, we, so we had a rehearsal here and then we went and played the gig. And it was like really, I was kind of nervous because I was like, we haven't played together in seven months. And here we are about to be broadcast live on in front of everyone. But Woo. I felt like it went pretty well. I wrote charts this time and like I was pretty happy about that. Not like full charts, but just like because I didn't know the songs. So oh, I was like, I have I can't remember these grooves based on the name of the song. I don't even know what these songs are. Were they you guys were doing originals? Yeah. Nice. And so I had to like write out what the groove would be for the song so I can reference it and remember and then go. Just go. <laughs> So that was cool. Played with Lily. Um, it's been a while. It was so nice to play with. Like it was so it was like almost spiritual. Like we were like thanking each other, like, man, thank you for this. You know, <laughs> like James was like, I really like I love playing with you. And you know, I just I really needed this. And I and you know, this is just, I feel like this is great for my soul. And like, you know, it was really cool. So oh, it was kind cool. of an intimate moment for, for all of us, us three. Cause we, we were working two days a week, every single week 
for the past, for, I don't know, a year and a half. Yeah. And then it just stopped cold turkey and we haven't played together since. Yeah. You know, so. And that's like a super fun, too. I got, I was lucky enough to sub a couple of those for you. And yeah. that, that was like one of the funnest gigs I've played, I think. They're just such sweet human beings and great, great musicians yeah. and. Yeah. Such a fun, fun time. It's really fun. Like with her, she's, she's really like kind of, I don't know if eclectic is the word, but she's kind of unapologetically her. And that kind of makes her, I get it, but some people, I don't know if they get it, you know? And so she'll just stop playing piano and just get up and like start dancing. And she does all these like weird, like kind of Janet Jackson ish moves or something like Lady Gaga ish you know, big stage. She doesn't belong on a small stage. I don't think. Yeah. Um, and so it's, she did that a couple of times where she just stopped playing and got up and just started moving on the and live stream. Like, yeah. Oh man. And it's like, Hey, like it's her, you know, that's just, and like, so I'm like, I think that's a good thing because people are probably like, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I'm feeling awkward. I, maybe I like, and then there's some people that are just like, I love this. You go girl, you know? <laughs> So, that's um, awesome. I right, gotta cool. watch well, it. Well, let's let's uh, let's break and um, let's get Rylan on. Then we'll catch up a little bit more when we're done Wait, with his interview. Can we? Is there a place that people can go watch that live stream? Oh yeah, it's on. Um, as soon as I have this thing, this a day in a life done, I'll have a a link to it on that video. But um, it's just on Enter Talk TV. Enter Talk Enter Talk Entertainment is the website. I think dot com. And you can find it there, but it's on YouTube. The full thing is on YouTube. It's Entertalk TV with Lily Rose and the Thorns. Sweet. So, yeah. All right. Rylan, coming up. Yo, Funky Phil. Yo, Corey. We have some great listeners, don't we? Yeah. You know how they can be even more like dope than they already are? Keep listening. Definitely true. What else? Tell all your friends. Also very true. What else? Join the Patreon. All good things. But you know, the biggest thing that they can do is go to drumbrigade.com and check out the merch store. Yes. We have so much like dope swag up there. We got men's shirts, sweatshirts. We got women's shirts. We got kids' shirts. Yes. Onesies. We got socks. Mugs. Phone cases. Stickers. We got it all. All in different sizes, all in different colors, just for you. So if you want to show the world that you are a drummer with style and you're part of the Brotherhood of Drums, go to drumbrigade.com, visit our merch store. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Episode 92, Funk Phil. Drum Brigade podcast. On the line with us in Zoom, hanging out on Instagram live as well. He plays in the band Real Big Fish. He plays in the band America with a horse with no name. They could do magic. A lot, hit, a lot of hit songs in both of those bands, dude. Sell out. This guy's doing some real work, or at least was before this COVID thing, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, please welcome to the show, Ryland Steen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Whoa, hey. <laughs> What's up, man? Thanks for coming on. Uh, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's 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 nice to finally, you know, 
have a good conversation with some people and, you know, um, and not and not be in fear of some sort of uh, catching some sort of illness. <laughs> yeah, this is actually this is actually my first Zoom call. Really? So this is the first one. Wow. Whoa. Dude, mm-hmm. this is like all I talk to people on Zoom more than I talk to people in real life. That is for sure. Like, well, and what crazy and what's weird is it seems like more people are starting to talk to each other again. You yeah. know, oddly, like uh, oddly enough, it's like yeah, you you know, end up talking to people way more than we did before, and and uh, and it's just just goes to show like that craving for wanting like human right. connectivity. Right. It's so true, dude. We had a a 15 year anniversary party for, for me and my wife on zoom this Saturday, <laughs> this over the Saturday, it was like a dance party where we were like playing music and then everybody was in their home, like dancing. It was pretty fun, <laughs> but on zoom, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm really like missing the days of getting together in person. Right. <laughs> well, and then playing music with people, you know, yeah, that's um, the big one. I, I work out of a studio called Pot of Gold Recording in or, uh, in the city of Orange in Orange County. Oh wait um, a minute! I didn't know you were in California. Yeah, I'm oh, in Anaheim. Crazy. Oh yeah. man, that's crazy. Yeah, he's like, wait. So we haven't. You mean this whole time? We I know. Been <laughs> Seriously, dude. I thought you were like. I don't know. I thought you were in somewhere else. Well, <laughs> in I a grew up. State. I grew up in Nebraska. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that's where I thought you were. All right, cool. Yeah, Um, but yeah, I work out of a studio in Orange, California, and um, and we're lucky enough that we have like we have a live tracking room, and we have um, we have three separate tracking rooms, so we've still been able to like socially distance, and we have our control room and everything. So you know, when we have bands or just artists come in, it's sort of like okay, you go in here, you go in there, and so we've been lucky enough to still you know keep recording artists and bands. Um, oh, cool. but it's, it's certainly not as, uh, it's not the same as it was before, but I will say as, as far as trying to produce a band, the, one of the, I guess, one of the plus upsides to it is you don't have like four or five people all crammed around like the, you know, sort of the computer area where it's saying, right. turn, turn up my guitar more, turn up my <laughs> drums more. <laughs> yeah. I've done a couple sessions and it was like kind of everybody wears their mask in this, like walking in the studio. But then mm-hmm. as soon as they get to their station, it's like, I'm done with this thing. And then like, after a few minutes, it just kind of goes back to, yeah, we're just recording and everybody, it's like, you have to kind of keep reminding yourself, like maybe I need to take a few steps back and like, yeah, keep, keep my distance, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, it's pretty yeah, easy. Yeah. We definitely, you know, have, um, and th- well, and there's been a lot of times where just so I don't even think about it, I'll, like I, I, luckily I have gotten to the point where I just, it's just like, I kind of forget that the mask is even on, mm-hmm. um, until, well, I mean, there, there have been a few times where I've tried to play drums and just, it's, especially if it's like a, like a more of a rock type track, it's, it gets pretty, uh, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do yeah. to, to, to try wear a mask. Man, it's, that is, that's still something I can't get used to. Like I I've gotten used to going in the store and, you know, walking into target or something and being like, Oh, don't forget your mask and putting it on before I go in. But, but like playing a gig with a mask the whole time, I feel like thankfully we're drummers and we kind of have our little zone that no one else comes, comes in our circle, you know, or behind our drums. So I feel like for some reason, I feel like my drum set is like a, a shield where I'm like, I don't need this if I'm behind my drums. I, I shouldn't do that. But it's still like, 
I feel like I'm socially distanced if I'm behind my drums, you know, like it's kind of weird. <laughs> I, I'm wondering if like, I'm wondering if like once, you know, touring and shows really come start back up again, I'm wondering if it's like, you know, I feel like traditionally as drummers, we would always complain about being put behind the plexiglass. Oh God. And, and now it's like, no, I'll, no, that's great. <laughs> <I'll take the laughs> <plexiglass>. Yeah. <laughs> Phil calls out the fish tank. Fish tank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're in the fish tank and uh, I hate those things, but yeah, I would gladly, I would use one of those right now for, you know, if I, if that's what it took to get us back to playing gigs, dude, bring it on. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, Jerry calls it the sneeze guard. It's yeah, so. <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> um, so, so as, as mentioned, man, you're, you're a fantastic, you're a great drummer. You're working industry working drummer. Um, and, uh, you play in like one of the, I guess two of the most iconic bands now, but one of the most real, like iconic classic rock bands, um, like, man, what's it like playing with like a band that has that many hit songs, you know, like playing with America I'm talking about. Yeah. It, you know, it's, 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 it was interesting because when I first started playing, well, so I I've known, um, so one of the original members, Jerry Beckley, um, I've known him through his son, Matthew, who, you know, we've known each other, uh, literally half our lives at this point. Oh, cool. Um, and so I I've known Jerry since I was a teenager and, um, I would just go over to the house and it was just, he, he's such a laid back dude that it was like, I always sort of looked at him as like uncle Jerry. Mm. So, um, and as, so their drummer, uh, Willie Leacox, he'd been with them for 44 years. Wow. Um, but before that he, he you know, so, and, but he was 10 years older than them when he joined up. So he was getting closer to 70 as, so as they were approaching 60, he was approaching, you know, he was getting into his late sixties. And I th he just sort of announced his retirement. He's like, you know, guys, I've been doing this with you for 44 years now. I think I'm ready to spend some time on the golf course now. Wow. Um, and so, but that's when I luckily just, uh, that's when I got the call. And I had played on some of Jerry's. Um, so Jerry's the one, he he wrote songs like I Need You and Sister Golden Hair. And he, so that he's, uh, he's sort of the higher range voice. And, and Dewey Bunnell, he's the guy who um, sang, um, uh, horse with no name, Ventura Highway. He kind of has more of like the almost. I almost compare it to almost like a flugelhorn type voice. Yeah. You know, very, very, uh, very soothing. Um, and Jerry has that higher register voice. Um, but uh, so I, I, I ended up. I guess you could say I sort of had an unofficial fifteen-year like audition process because <laughs> um, you know I would play on some of Jerry's solo records, and um, and so he knew I could play in that style. Um, but, uh, it, and, and, you know, he would always kind of say, you know, I think Will is going to be retiring pretty soon. So start learning those songs. And I would, and at this point I was playing in real big fish, mm -hmm. um, and I was happy playing in that band. And, um, and so I always just thought it was like, a, Oh, whatever. He doesn't really mean it. Um, but then one day getting the call, I now was actually on tour with real big fish. And, and, and of course in this industry, it just seems like everything is always, we need you yesterday sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and there was no like, oh, well, how about like in two months, you know, you know, once, once you're done, cause I was on tour with real big fish and, um, we had, we were finishing up a, a, a U.S. tour and we had a week off and then we were going to go do two months in Europe. And two days before the last, um, before the U.S. leg of the tour ended, that's when I got the call, like, Hey, we need you like starting next week. Can you do oh it? Oh my gosh. And I, and it was, I, it was, 
I, I, I was really, I really didn't know what I would have done. I, cause I was, I, I was, I, I couldn't have just left real big fish. Cause I had been in the band, you know, 10 years at that point. I was like, I can't just leave these guys. I go, well, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very lucky um, in that I was able to uh, speak with uh, Ed Beach, who's been um, their drummer now for the last six years. But I, I was able to get a hold of him and I was like, hey, um, I really want to join this band. Uh, would you want to come at least do the Europe tour? And how would you feel about trying to learn 20 real big fish songs in a week? You know, because that <laughs> the music, you know, it, it you know, that's that particular style of ska music. I mean, it's or it's a whole mishmash of music. Yeah. You've got just straight up rock songs. You've got ska songs, you know, ska punk. Just it's that third mm. wave ska. So it's not it's not easy stuff to play. Right. Um, but luckily, Ed was up for the challenge and um, he 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 uh, he agreed to do it. So it was literally like, you know, I'd been in Real Big Fish for 10 years. And then all of a sudden it was after a sound check that I, um, and, you know, and I and Aaron Barrett, the lead singer, um, who to this day is is a dear friend. Um, I was like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And and he and it was kind of one of those things where he was just looking at me. It's like you, it's like somehow you just know what they're about to say, <laughs> like. Are you about to break up with me? Yeah, exactly. Are you breaking up with me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, that's that's pretty cool though. That's like, I mean, it, it couldn't be like different, like more different styles, right? Like a real big fish is a lot more aggressive and like probably on top, high energy. Yeah. And you know, it must have been quite a transition, like being on, especially when you're on tour with a band, you're you're locked in. You know, it's sometimes it's taken me a couple, you know, gigs to like. You know, when I was, especially when I was like touring with like reggae stuff, I would come home and then have to play like a country gig or something. And it was like, I, there's times where they're like, yeah, oh, okay, I get it that you're a reggae drummer. I'm like, I'm not supposed to sound like a reggae drummer right now, you know? <laughs> I'm supposed so, to be a country drummer right, right now. Right, right. And so it's it takes a little bit of a, a few, you know, um, I don't know, time, there, a couple gigs or something to, to sink in. There's an adjustment me. period. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's, you know, I went through when I, so I originally, um, my, my dad is a musician. So, but when I first started playing drums, he would, he would make me these, uh, little mixed, you know, cassette tapes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it would have, you know, like the Beatles, Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, bands like oh. America, you know, Creedence Clearwater. So he would always kind of make me these classic rock mixtapes. And, you know, put the headphones on. And actually, to, you know, I, I never realized just how amazing and supportive my family was because there was a lot of times where instead of like, you know, I think most normal people would think, oh, you put headphones on and you play along to this music. No, I would take my dad's twin reverb amp, you know, uh, guitar amp, plug a mm. microphone into that, put the microphone up to the boom box and just <laughs> blast this music while That's I was cool. playing. <laughs> and, and, and I think about that now and I'm like, and I would do that for hours every day. And I think about that now. I'm like, how is, and I had three, I have three siblings. I was like, how is it that my parents and three siblings were just like, okay with that? Oh yeah. Cause you know, I think about that now, like I get annoyed when, you know, like when, you know, there's someone in the kitchen making food and you hear <laughs> silverware clanking. Like, can you please keep it down? Like, yeah. um, but, uh, but so I learned, I, so I originally learned sort of, I guess in the classic rock style. So it was a bit of a kind of 
sort of a, a, a coming home sort of I feeling see. to play that style of music um, with America. But there was a definite adjustment period because, yeah, playing in Real Big Fish, it's like play as, play as loud and as fast as you can, you know, for 10 right. years. And then I always equate sort of playing in America with like, it's like, you know, drinking wine by the fireplace. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, and it's like, okay, now play like that. Like, and, and, and one great thing that's been about playing with uh, America was it's sort of, you know, cause it's definitely, I had to learn how to play lighter, but I think any drummer would agree that it's so hard to play lightly, but still with intensity. Yeah. And that was one thing that I found was, uh, was, was a challenge at first. And I think I'm getting better at it, but it's, it's, um, that was the toughest part. Like, cause it's, you know, I think when we're asked to play a little quieter, I think we tend, we can tend to slow down a little. That mm-hmm. seems, I know that's my tendency. Um, or it's just, it's just not as comfortable. And I know sometimes like, I feel like other musicians will be like, well, what's the big deal? Just play quieter. It's like, but like asking a guitar player, okay, how about you play quieter? Like, oh, I'll just turn my amp down. No, 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 no. don't turn your amp down. Just play quieter. <laughs> play quieter, yeah. Like, what are you talking? No way. That's impossible. You're like, yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool, man. Like, um, you know, and like I was, I was talking um before that, like we were, we were on Warp Tour together like 12 years ago. It's crazy to think um now. And um, that's where we met. And um, you know, it, I, I, that's where I first saw you play. And I was just like, you, you play that stuff really well, the real big fish stuff. And uh, you know, all these 15 year old ravage fan kids, like, you know, following you guys around and, you know, just loving everything you guys are doing. Um, it's pretty cool. Like we've, like I was talking to you before we hit record about like how our, our differences in ska, music you know me being a more of a ska purist or traditional ska guy and um there's some third wave bands that i've liked and stuff but um but but what i did notice when when we when i would you know especially when we're on that tour together um watching you play this stuff it was like yeah but this guy's a great drummer it has nothing to do with like whether i like you know third wave ska or how you know their take on this music that i grew up listening to and loving and um trying to be a part of this scene or whatever it's not even about that right and i think it's i thought that was really cool when we were you know 12 years ago when i i had even stronger opinions about ska and reggae you know (laughs) um where it's like at the end of the day like it, it doesn't really matter this dude's at work you know and like who am i to be like hey dude like you're not respecting my scene. It's like, (laughs) it doesn't, I don't know. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it didn't, didn't seem like it was about it, about that then or, or now, you know, it's just like, Hey, I'm just trying to do my job and you do it really well. And so who cares about the scene, you know? Right. Well, and I think, um, well, I think it was, I think there's a couple things. One. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, you know, we, well, I mean, we were all lucky enough to play, to play music and, but I was lucky enough to join a band. Um, I, I'm one. I do wonder if, if had I been there from the beginning, I'm, I wonder if I would have had more of like a maybe a third wave ska purist mentality. But mm-hmm. I think because I joined the band, um, it was in 2005, so they had already been a band for 10 years at that point. Um, I still f- felt very attached to the music because I was, you know, we were all great friends. But yeah, it was sort of a sense of because I had I had done some other different styles of music in the past that yeah it did. I kind of looked at it as, um, 
well, isn't it just great that we just get to play music? Like right. it, could, it could have been any band. It's like, well, we, I just get to play drums and, and, and I get to pay my rent with that. That's, that's awesome. Like, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I think, I, and when I look and when I would see a lot of, you know, it's a lot of my friends, you know, that were, you know, were struggling to try and to, to keep those bills paid and really hanging on to and wanting to play music. And then, you know, and then a lot of times they would, it would end up being that thing where, you know, they would, I guess, sort of have to like, you know, kind of hang up the, the musician hat and be like, well, I guess I should go and, you know, I guess I got to go get a job now. Right. Um, but it's, it, it, but it's not even about, and, but I don't look at that as giving up. It's just, you know, I think there's a quality of life and a standard of living that I think we all aspire to, you know, and it's, and it's, everyone has their own uh, version of that. Um, so I was very lucky to be able to, to play in a band. So, so the idea of, I, I, you know, I, at that point I could have really, I, I didn't, it's almost like I didn't even really care what style of music I was playing. Um, but, uh, but oddly enough, but yeah, I, I know what you mean about when you, when you have groups that are trying to maintain um, the integrity of, of, of like a, of an older style of music. And then when you see, um, when you see other bands sort of doing their own version of it or, or whether you want to call it updated or just, it's just a different version of it. It can be, I can, you know, it can be sort of frustrating because yeah, you're really trying to, uh, to show people, you know, to present to people like, yeah, this is in, in sort of what you would call maybe it's truest form. Um, and then, and then you sort of like see a band like Real Big Fish that's sort of like this. It's almost like watching a circus on stage. You're like, what are these guys, you know, like wearing Hawaiian shirts and just like, and and so and it. I I, I could see how some band people would be like, what are these guys doing? This like, come on, guys. But I think for us, as Real Big Fish, we were so used to sort of getting made fun of by what we would look at as like the cooler bands, mm-hmm. you know, because I mean, we were just nerds wanting to play music and 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 we enjoyed what we were doing. And we saw that there seemed to be a lot of kids or just a lot of people that like listening to it. So it's like, all right, I guess we'll just keep doing this. But um, playing in Real Big Fish, I didn't even realize like, you know, Aaron gave me like a huge, you know, I took a crash course in traditional ska and reggae like like aaron aaron would uh the singer from real big fish he would make me um just he would just give me stacks of cds um of all these records you know you know toots and the maytals and desmond decker and and just Mm -hmm. and even old like old bob marley stuff not not just the legends (laughs) hit record that that they hand out at you know college orientation oh here's 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 your copy of Sublime's record and Bob Marley's Legends, you yeah. know, to go with your college orientation. Yeah. Um, but so one thing I have noticed, interestingly, so when you fast forward to now, it's interesting that it there. So some of the newer ska bands that are coming out, I've seen that they're almost sort of not not being. Uh, uh, it's not like people don't like them, but it is interesting. So kind of what you were saying about a band, you know, a band like maybe the Agrolites or, or even a band like Westbound Train that mm-hmm. was at that point that was really trying to do the traditional uh, ska and reggae. Um, so getting mad at bands like Real Big Fish, now you have some newer bands that are getting 
mad at other bands for not sounding like less than Jake or Robert Fish. Oh, oh, right. What you guys are doing, that's not real scout. And then you have these bands <laughs> so that are like, funny. no, we are actually like, yeah. So it's, 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 it's weird. And, and so I think, you know, I'm, I, I'm really glad that I guess I got sort of the musical education that I got from my dad growing up, which really just taught me. It's like, it's, it's just, it's all music, you know? So let's just, you know, we should just enjoy the fact that, you know, not only do we get to listen to it or, or not only do we get to play it, but just getting to listen to it, you know, it's like, yeah, I, when I, it's, I, I mean, I'm just, cause I'm obsessed with music. Like when I think about, you know, it's, you know, I've always been really protective of my hearing. Cause I'm just always like, I couldn't imagine like not being able to listen to music. So yeah. um, I'm go- sort of going off on a rant here now, but but yeah, it's, no. it's but it it all just came back for me. It was like, well, it's all music at the end of the day. Yeah, and for me too, that that kind of, I mean, I, I, if I remember correctly, that's kind of the approach that you took with me, where it was like, yeah, it's not really about the scene, like like you should you're you're thinking about it wrong, basically. Like <laughs> me, you were telling me this, you know, like we should be happy to just be playing and be here. And yeah. it kind of put things into perspective for me where it was like, yeah, man, I'm going to remember this tour for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, and who cares if a band is not keeping it? Like, why am I putting, why am I forcing that band to be put in a box? And now my thing is like, I don't really care if you're playing my taste in this music, you're still keeping my music alive. You know what right. I mean? There, there, like there is there, there is a lot of ska and reggae bands out there. But if you're playing ska in any form, it's the same way I feel about real, uh, about uh, Sublime, where I'm like, you know, I fought this whole thing with this Cali reggae thing, you know, in my mind, where it's like I shouldn't like this because it's, you know, it's not real reggae. Right. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, dude, I gotta give these guys credit because they're keeping reggae alive. You yeah. know whether it's my taste or not there that might lead a kid into liking them and then being like hey i really like this music i'm gonna like now like hey i'm gonna give i started listening to real big fish and now i'm gonna listen to less than jake and then that's gonna lead me to operation ivy and then that's gonna lead me to the specials and the english beat and then that's gonna lead me to toots and the maytals and the scatolites and you know and so you never know It, it could it's like it doesn't have to be, and maybe they're going to listen to the Scatolites and be like, this is crap. I don't like this. I like more aggressive stuff, you know? And, and it's like, either way, you're keeping this great music alive. And there's a, there's a piece of the pie for everyone. Like, why not, why not just be like, Hey, we play, you know, this kind of music and it's great. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, yeah. Why, why, why limit people? Well, cause I would, I, you know, I would even, it, it would be heartbreaking to me. We, we did a few, um, uh, like festival shows with the Scatolites years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I felt rightfully so they were the closers of the, of the night. They were the headliners. And um, it would kind of be heartbreaking to see a lot of our fans leave after us and be like, yeah. no, but you should really yeah, watch. Wait. <laughs> these, wait, these guys are crazy. like, yeah. this is where we got our, you know, our stuff from. You should really watch this band. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, and I remember it was like, and so, uh, and even Aaron hated seeing that. Um, uh, so there was another show we did where they were closing again. And, and as, as we were sort of finishing our set, Aaron was just on the mic going, do not leave. Stay and watch this band. Okay. Thank you. Good night. (laughs) 
That's cool. I remember that too. Like that you, you like across the board, you know, there was, there was snickering in our, in our bus, like, like, Oh gosh, real big fish, man. Like, what are they doing to our music? But then we'd like play like your guys's your autograph thing. It was like our label trying to get us to help these kids to see like, Hey, we're playing this music too. You just don't know it yet. You know? Yeah. And, um, and like, but I remember you guys, like even Aaron would like turn around and be like, I'm sorry guys. Or like, he'd just be like, he'd be like, he'd stick around and like watch and be like, you know, we love what you guys do. And, and, you know, that meant a lot for us. That was like, you know, that's, it's at least these guys get it. I, and it helped us to be like, these guys get it. They're, you know, they have, it's like the Aquabats. We, we would always like harp on the Aquabats until we went on tour with them. And then it was like, dude, these guys are, uh, they're just like us. Yeah. They're just doing something that's a little bit different, but it's totally working. And like, <laughs> it's like we became really good friends with them, you know? And so it's, it's kind of like that, that mutual respect was there. And it was like, it kind of, it was like, yeah, we get it. Like, you know, the kids are super into this and it's something that really works. And like the show is really great. It's incredible. Like, you know, the stage show that goes along with, you know, with your guys's your, your guys' stage show is really cool. And so it's really cool, man. I, I, I think it's, it's really great what you guys, especially you, what you do, man, is like, especially to do like a band like Real Big Fish and then jump on an America tour and like, you know, yeah. you've, you've done a lot of cool stuff. I didn't know you knew Ike. Um, um, Ike Owens. Yeah, Ike Owens. Me and him went way back. Um, and then, I, you know, of course, I, I worked a little bit with his brother who also passed away in Hepcat. And, um, yeah. And then I I worked with their both their younger brother a lot when in in uh the bass player um uh now I can't remember his name. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I've I've known their family for a long time and it, it's uh he was a great musician, man, really great. Yeah, we I, I you know, and gosh, I don't even know how I got hooked up with him. Um, I mean, I know he was in the the Orange County scene for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he started doing um, like his free moral agent stuff yeah. um, project, he was doing a, another project um, called the look daggers. Um, and I was just lucky enough that I guess, you know, cause I always looked at Ike as, as like, the super cool dude. I was just like, and so just when he would call me up and just, you know, and say, Hey man, like I'm doing some recording, you know, come, come to long beach. And, and I would just love every minute of it. Um, because he would just being in that sort of real creative atmosphere. Cause I had never really worked with someone who was just like, who really encouraged me to, to sort of just, well, to really get out of my comfort zone and, and just sort of, go a little bit crazier. Like, cause I was always, I, I, I think I just had this uh, for a long time. I just had this idea in my head where I wanted to play whatever, whatever the word perfect means, but I just wanted to play everything perfect. So, um, he really helped me get out of my, I guess, sort of my shell or my, that desire to want to play everything perfect where it was just more about trying to play with emotion. Yeah. Um, and, um, and but yeah it was it was always great like we we only like it was only like i want to say it was like five or it it seemed like every two months he'd call me up and you know it's like okay we're going to do more recording um uh and then i and then i ended up getting more i got a lot busier with real big fish so i wasn't able to work with him as much 
Um, but yeah, it was always, it was always great being around him, always great working with him. And, and, and also, I mean, I think myself, like a lot of people, like I was a huge, like Mars Volta fan at that point. So I was like, Oh, like, same here. (laughs) yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, this is really cool getting to work with this guy who plays in this band. I mean, he's, he was, he was an amazing, you know, rest in peace. Like, um, but he, you know, he was just an amazing, uh, just person to be around, just like a great energy. And, um, but but yeah, it was always it was always cool. Again, getting out of that comfort zone. I, I think I I I think like I think I can tend to to play in a style that um, I you know it's like it's I, it's like well I'm comfortable with this. I know I can sound good playing this, so I'm just going to stick with this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it was always great when he'd be like, "Come on, man! Like, just go for it." I'd be like. Ah! okay <laughs> you know <laughs> he, but. he had a way of doing that like bringing out creativity you didn't know you had you know mm-hmm. and um him and his brother both left a legacy man they were both amazing musicians well accomplished musicians and they had a lot of like um accolades that go along with that a lot of you know credentials i guess you can say you know um music magazine articles and albums that you know they played on and musicians that they played with and and not only that, just people that were fortunate enough to work with them, they just had like a presence in a way that was, like you said, you know, that was just really, really great, man. So there, the music industry really, and a lot of, it, it, see, Ike was one of those guys that everybody thought they were really good friends with him, you know, whether <laughs> whether they were or not, everybody was like, dude, that guy's like my best friend, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, it's it's really cool. Um, so we, we are already over time with you, but if you have a, oh. a little bit of time, we would, um, we have a few listener questions if you want to stay on a few more yeah, minutes. That's absolutely. Cool. Okay, cool. Um, we, and you know, it's not like a hard, fast rule, but we try to keep our, we don't try to keep our guests. All of our guests are very busy, like recording or doing stuff. So we're like, you know, we try to keep it short, but sure. if you're open to it, we, we have a few listener questions. Um, I've got a lot of coffee drinking to get to today. Okay, cool. All right, let's let's jump into this. Um, uh, so some of these, uh, let's see, Leo Swago, the bunny, said, how did you mentally prepare for this interview? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well uh, no, honest, honestly, they're, 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 you know, if in all seriousness, some people do get weird about interviews and... And some people get, I guess, were nervous about interviews. And I always, and I'll, and I will tell people, it's like, they're not going to ask you things you don't know about. Like, right. <laughs> it's like, you just talk. Like, it's, it's like, I like, so Aaron and I would do when it, Aaron would always ask me to do interviews with him. Cause he'd be like, I, I don't know what to say. I'd be like, what do you think they're going to ask you? Like math questions? Like, yeah, it's like, they're going to, it's like, they're asking you the simplest questions. Just uh, talk about you. Like, Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, so I, I, I did not mentally prepare. Uh, I guess I just came in uh, with the idea that I just get to hang and, and right. hang out with some cool people and talk talk music for a little bit. <laughs> I really hope no one gets nervous about coming on this show because if you're nervous, this is the wrong show for you, man. This is like <laughs> we're not like yeah. If you're if you're nervous, that makes our show really bad. Like you know, we've had a couple of those interviews where I'm like, we need to get this guy out of this out of his shell, man. Like this is not going well. <laughs> Someone, someone did actually ask me, um, I was just looking at my phone. Uh, someone did actually ask, um, if I had uh, been in marching band, um, oh, good question. which, which I did, I did. So 
like I think when we look back on our lives, there are certain things like, yeah, I wish I would have had more. So speaking of having more of an open mind, um, I, I know the marching band sort of community scene is different in all sorts of areas of the country and the world. Um, so I, so short answer is I only did marching band for one year. I wish I had done it every year that I was in high school. Um, I, uh, unfortunately, or whatever you want to call it, I grew up in a, in a town where if you were in the marching band, you were like a real nerd or just, you were <laughs> like, really like you, you definitely were opening yourself up to be picked on. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, and what was crazy was when I went to my first, uh, like sort of, um, music, like summer music camp with kids all around sort of the Midwest, you know, growing, so me growing up in Nebraska, but it, and it was in Lawrence, Kansas, which is a great college town. Um, uh, but talking to some kids where they were like, where it, finding out that like there's, there's certain towns or certain communities where if you're in the marching band, you're actually like the cool kid. And I was like, you're messing with me, aren't you? Like, that's <laughs> like, and, and I, and, and so I, I wish I had had a little bit more, I don't know if you'd say self-awareness or just self-confidence to just be like, no, I'm going to keep doing this. Cause I did enjoy it. Yeah. I didn't enjoy getting up at 5.00 AM every morning oh, to go man. to marching band practice. Uh, but, um, I think, uh, as a result of not doing it, it, so so who knows i don't know maybe this is what drove me to and it's funny because actually my uh my my laptop stand is actually my computer just on uh my so i have my snare stand with my practice pad oh nice (laughs) that is currently that is actually currently acting as my my laptop stand um but i think that's what caused me to spend years of just like you know i always kind of had this rule that if i was going to sit and watch tv i at least had to be like doing some sort of something productive. That's so cool, I would just sit for hours just working on, you know, just have, so I'd have the TV going, I'd have like a metronome going at, you know, and then choose whatever tempos I want. And I would just sit for just hours working on rudiments and just oh, trying yeah. to get it as pre- precise as possible. So maybe the fact that I, that that was sort of my, my penance that I had to pay for not, for not continuing <laughs> to do marching band. Um, it's fun. It's funny how much drummers are so much alike, man. Like I, there's two things that you said that I'm like, yeah, I, we've done, I've, I know I've done the same thing. Like one is that, uh, I think all drummers have sat there and watched Seinfeld or the office or something and just <laughs> exactly. practice doubles. And then, you know, I would, I would always do that. And, and then on the commercial, I would give myself a chance to rest. And then as soon as the right. show started again, I was back at it. Yeah, and then the other is um, I would I didn't have a my dad did, didn't play guitar but my dad is also a musician a singer, and um, he had a full like PA set up in the garage and then I would play his records and oh nice jam out to them like all the time from when I was like probably ten years old until I you know and I had to, my our rule in our house was that we had to stop at eight so I'd mm-hmm. finish my homework and then start playing. As soon as I was done, you know, like with my homework until eight o'clock, like seven fifty nine, I was still like, hold on five more minutes. And, you know, it's like, it's just yeah. that. That's how it was. Well, and, and one thing, and, and I don't know, if, I don't know if you guys have things you need to get to, but one quick thing I, I would like to mention is it is interesting um, how some of the younger drummers, I think because 
you know, so many drummers now, not to say that drummers aren't still playing along to the Beatles and Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin records, Mm -hmm. but I think there's a lot of younger drummers that are playing along to more modernized or just modern records, and they're all cut to click tracks. And a lot of these records have been beat detected and just straight to the grid. So Mm -hmm. it is interesting, like, um, because to go along, like, for any drummer who's like, oh, like, should I always practice to a click? Well, yeah, practice you know, practice, practice, practice to a click, but also find great re- old records right. that are still groovy, but weren't cut to a click. Cause like you want to be able to, it's like, cause I do know some drummers that they have live gigs. Um, like my younger brother, uh, his name's Drew Steen. He's played with Demi Lovato. He's played with wow. uh, David Archuleta. He's, and he's for the last five years, he's been playing um, with uh, an artist called Lindsay Sterling. She's this violinist. And, but cool. all these gigs he's done, have been like uh, like tracks, click track gigs, and he's and he's actually gotten to the point where he's like, oh, I'd be a little scared to go on stage at this point to not and not play and not have a click track. Wow, he's, he's, <laughs> he's yeah, he's gotten so so. It's interesting that like there seems to be this new generation of of younger drummers that are like they could they can totally play to a click track, but it's like well, so I guess if if. For any drummers, if they're if they're wondering, yes, yeah, still go back to those old records that weren't cut to click tracks that you know where the time does sort of shift a little. Um, yeah, Led Zeppelin and, records. Yeah, <laughs> the timing's like really like all over on that. Well, and I've seen and I've seen some videos where people will try and take so where they where they get those tracks where it's uh, just John Bonham's drums and they'll beat detective them and they'll go, it's just not as cool. Yeah. Like it's still exactly. groovy, but like you know, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Wanted to throw that in. No, it has it has like an organic feel to it, right? It's like the the music is breathing, and it's right not like yeah, like like uh, I don't know, like computerized, you know. So, um, okay, so uh, Don Cortavia, um, it says, where do you see your career in seven years? Ooh, well, good question. I mean. You know, when I first joined uh, the band America, so uh, Dewey uh, Bunnell and Jerry Beckley, um, they're they're both in their late 60s now. And when I first joined, I was like, maybe they'll they'll keep doing it for, you know, another couple of years. So that would be cool. But I mean, when you start seeing bands like the Rolling Stones and Paul McCartney, I mean, even even Tony Bennett, you know, was touring last year. Um, yeah. So there it. it I think there was this idea in my head. I mean, you know, the guys in the Foo Fighters are in their fifties now. It's like, so it's like, I think, yeah, how, you know, so it's like, I think there was this idea in my head that I thought like, Oh, well, eventually there, there seems, I had this idea in my head that there's this sort of shelf life to how long a band or an artist could tour. But, um, I'm beginning to see it's, it's sort of like, it's as long as, you know, an artist's, you know, health, you know, is as long as they're healthy and as long as they're they want to keep touring, um, it seems as though they'll just keep doing it. So I guess in seven years, it, it'd be amazing if if Jer- if America was still touring. Um, That's cool. But I but I definitely I definitely see myself as just as just a long you know a lifer touring drummer. Um, uh, if you know if America's still not touring, uh, seven years. I mean, I'd love to play with artists like you know, Jack White or John Mayer, you know, or it's like, uh, so it's, it's funny because when I think about people I'd love to play with, it tends to be nowadays tends to be more just like, uh, it's like solo artists rather than bands because 
I feel like a lot of a lot of the reasons that I love certain bands is because like, well, if I was in that band, I don't know if I'd love the band as much. Right. <laughs> like, like I would love to be the drummer for Queens of the Stone Age, but but now, like as of the last, geez, I think wow, I think since 2013, but John Theodore yeah. has been the drummer and I love his playing. So right, I'm like, same here. well, I want to hear John Theodore in Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd love to play in Queens of the Stone Age, but um, I, I would imagine, I would imagine Josh Homme would probably say, no, there can only be one redhead per band. Like you can't have, you know. I was kind of thinking, I, I kind of think you would be great in Queens of the Stone Age though, man. You kind of fit right in. <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely love it. But at the same time, I love hearing John Theodore in that band as well. He is great, man. He is a, he is a great drummer, man. Um, so, um, uh, that same guy also asked, are you single? I have no idea why, but that's what he asked. <laughs> I want to keep it strictly on drum talk these yeah. days. <laughs> uh Phil, anybody in the in the chat room? Uh yeah, we had a couple. Um one listener asked how long you plan on growing your beard. <laughs> <laughs> these questions, man. Yeah, it's exactly. Well, you know what? So here's the deal. Um, so Phil, what at in March, um my hair was about your length and i was clean shaven and um uh, you look it, so different when you're like there's a promo <laughs> picture of you like uh for vader or something and you're oh, like, in a tie i'm yeah. like it doesn't even look like him dude <laughs> yeah it's so it's and i think it was at first it was like at first i was like okay i'm just gonna keep growing my hair and my beard until we start playing shows again but unfortunately that seems like it might be a while so i'm like <laughs> yeah so i'm either gonna go just full-on just metalhead hesher you know just and just let it go or 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 eventually i'm like nah it's time to cut it but i, mean, I feel it's, like it's, it's a good look man it's, it's strong it's, it's very amish <laughs> oh that was it's from <laughs> that was from a jen uh winkle pleck Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that look would look good in America too, man. You know, it, and and I actually, it's funny because uh, the last time I had longer hair and a beard, I would always sort of check in with Jerry and do be like, "Should I get a haircut?" And they'd be like, "No, nah, it's good. Keep it going." I'm like, are you sure? Because <laughs> it's like you, I think I think any musician who is um, you know, which first of all. Uh, both Jerry and Dewey, it's their group, it's their band, but they mm. they they do such an amazing job of making it's. I I would say it's probably one of the only gigs I'll ever do where it's like even though I'm technically just a hired guy, it's like you feel like you're in the band. So yeah, but but it is. I think any hired musician, it's always their fear that they're going to just instead of just being told like, hey, you should really get a haircut or hey stop wearing that t-shirt on stage or whatever yeah. <laughs> you know it's like and instead you just get the phone call going you know management uh wants to go in a different direction you know for <laughs> yeah, this yeah, next exactly. tour and you're like oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, one other question was um do you reach back and help your old marching band as an alumni oh gosh um i would love to if i was asked to um i i have i have yet to do that um i I mean, I actually, so I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska, and I, I so rarely get back there. Um, but if I think if I was asked to, yeah, I mean, I'd love to be a part of that or, you know, come talk. But sometimes I wonder if, if they even know what I'm doing. It's almost like it's, is he still, he's still alive? Like, oh, like, <laughs> you know, like, but it's, it because, you know, I, I think I've, I've sort of flown under the radar as far as like, 
um, because I've never been a huge social media guy. Um, And so I think, uh, you know, I've I'm not the best at keeping in touch with sort of my old friends um, from school. But uh, but anyway, to to answer the question, uh, I, I would be happy to if they asked. Oh, and That's one cool. more update. Jen hates your beard. Oh, boy. <laughs> How dare you, Jen? <laughs> Takes a real man to grow a real beard. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, I so, still think you should do it, man. It, it's, I, I'm, I'm definitely, it's, it's definitely creeping into the hipster or homeless yeah. category. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you could easily like convert to Amish though and just like <laughs> be right in there, man. I am ready to build a barn. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Do you want to just stay on with us for the rest of the show? We got like 15 more minutes left to this episode. So I mean, I'm yeah, I'm happy to. We'll just chat about other stuff. All right, dude, let's just uh let's jump in. Drum, 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 drum Brigade Podcast. You might see me get a little animated, man, and uh when I get on a soapbox, but we'll see if we have time for it. <laughs> um, Drum Brigade Podcast, episode 92. Rylan Steen just hanging out with us. It's really cool. Um, thanks for doing the show, man. We really appreciate it. Um, did you guys see um, Jack White on SNL this week? I did. Daru Jones playing drums. So I missed that. It. I, so I've, I've always been a little... I've always been a little either I don't know it's it's always int- his setup is so crazy and yeah. so I've always been on the fence I guess you could say I've always been on the fence about <laughs> is it a gimmick or is it like cuz it can't be it can't be pra- it doesn't seem practical this is my this is my topic of the day I'm so glad you're going <laughs> in this direction <laughs> <laughs> So, so what I wrote down is, did you see Daru Jones on SNL? Is Daru Jones dope? Could he play better if his drums were set up normal? <laughs> like, is it a gimmick or is this dude just really like out there? You know, like what is, what, what the heck, dude? <laughs> well, and so to go along with that, I think when, so, so there was a while when I got, when I sort of got, I wouldn't say bored with drums, but I just wasn't feeling totally inspired to practice. So I literally just set my, so I just play traditional right-handed. I set my entire kit up lefty. So I was playing the kick drum with, you know, my left foot and just, so just swapped it. And I do have to say that it did sort of make me think differently about how to approach a drum fill or what to play. So that when I went back to the normal righty, it was like I was doing certain things that I wouldn't necessarily do before. So I could imagine that setting your drum kit up that way could inspire you to play in a style that maybe you're not quite comfortable with. But I will say this, his feel is sick though. And like his, just the way he plays is just like, yeah, this is pretty dope. But, but again, it's like, again, to go back, is it just a gimmick or is it, but if anything, (laughs) but, but we do have to remember at the end of the day, we are here to entertain people Right. So who knows? Maybe when it comes to like in the studio, maybe he would just say, "No, I just set it up how it, traditionally how you would set up a drum kit." I don't know. I don't know, man. I so I have an interesting take on this guy. I, I've talked to him before. He he was like on. A, we did a quick interview at Nam um, one year, and super nice guy, totally cool, like pretty humble in person. Um, but I'm like, 
you know, I'm pretty outspoken and I'll stay, I'll speak my mind, you know, with, within, with respect though. Like I have a lot of respect for him, but I'm kind of like, okay, well, wait, what is going on here? Like, like, like I get, I get what you're doing. I, I get it. Like, I think it's cool, but like, there's a lot of hype around this guy. Like he's doing okay. like everything there is to do for the drum in drum world. Like he did drumio. He's, he's, you know, modern drummer and all this stuff. And he obviously it caught, um, Jack White's attention because yeah. he's playing with him now, which is, that's a gig I would love. Oh my God. I would love that gig. I would just <laughs> yeah. like, that would be like, I think probably, you would kill. I think you'd kill it with Jack. Like, oh man. Yeah. That's the top of my list would be like, after seeing them on Saturday night live, I was like, bro, <laughs> this is like, this is the gig. Like yeah. I would love, but anyways, but then there's, there's more to it. Like, the tuning of his drums, like that rack tom that he has, is mm-hmm. like tuned like it's cranked down, like it's Phil. It's like cranked down, like like uh almost more than like a roto tom. It's like cranked, 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 and um and then it's like way out. It's weird, dude. It's like way off to the side, and then and so I'm like I, I like even in lessons and stuff. I'm always talking about to my students about. Hey, like, look at drummers like Travis Barker or like, um, I guess Daru Jones would be one. Um, I, I can't think of any others offhand, but these guys have their own thing and it's their own brand. It's, it's their, they've, they've influenced a bunch of other people like Travis Barker specifically to dress like them, to look like them, to set up their drums like them. They've created a brand for themselves. You know, and uh, obviously Travis Barker is one of the most successful drummers of all time. Yeah. So he's been really good at that, but he still is true to himself. Everything is spread out. Everything is flat. No shirt on. He, it's like he looks like he's really struggling to execute what he's actually doing. You know, if that makes sense, like tech, like technically speaking, like um, fundamentals. Obviously, the dude's amazing, like marching band drum corps guy, and so. But he's influenced so many people to be like, that's my favorite drummer. And I want to play like that. And so I feel like Daru Jones's thing is like, he's going with it. He's going with whatever <laughs> that whole thing, the hip hop, like LL Cool J kind of look thing that he has. <laughs> and then setting his drums up completely inverted where, you know, it's like in the tuning and then, but I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, I've never heard this dude play any chops, which more power to him. I love that. Like he hasn't really done anything. I've never seen him do anything that I was like, Whoa, what was that? It's more just like pocket, like serious pocket. And then it's really, really like a lot of space in his playing. Like, boom, got, got like that kind of stuff. Like (laughs) so much space, like where he's not even keeping like eighth notes or 16th notes or whatever on the hi-hat. It's just open, open space. And, and so I'm kind of like, is this guy like a dope drummer? Like, obviously he's a dope drummer and like, there's no denying that, but like, is he just doing this inverted thing? Like setting up his drums like that just to get attention and like, and then am I, who am I to be like, why can't he just set up his drums? for My wife heard me saying this. My (laughs) wife was like, why don't you just be happy for him that he's playing with Jack White? I'm like, no, I like, I am, I am happy for him, but like. I feel like he could he could do so much more if he set up his drums for real. Like, and then like, is that a rule? Like, you have to set up your drums normal. Like, that's there's no rule to say that you have to do that. So, no. um, yeah, 
Uh, so then at the end of the day, I'm like, all right, I guess I'm, he's dope. Like, what? A, I don't know. <laughs> well, he's, it's it's cool because I think when people, whether whether or not you want to call it a gimmick, it, I guess one of the cool things about something like that is he he has created an image and a sound for himself where if someone else were to try and do it now, it's just be like, oh, well, now you're just trying to copy yeah. him. And it's That's- like... That's so. what I love about it is like now it's it's like Chris Dave is one of my favorite drummers and he's he's another one that's like he's probably my favorite drummer and he ha- he always has these innovative things like he's the dude that was like no you just have to have a drum fit, drum set full of snares you know or like right. he has a thing that's just it's his thing and now all these all the you know the gospel drummers and all that stuff can't have you know uh a, a single snare drum set. It has to be like three snares minimum, you know? Well, and, also, and, and wasn't he kind of one of the guys who, who sort of like, or at least sort of revolutionized that sort of, that sort of halfway between swing and straight yeah. hi-hat playing and kind of everything just feels herky jerky. Right. And it's, it's interesting because I, I, of course, you know, I was like, Oh, okay, well I'll try and play that and see, see if I can develop that a little bit. And, and, you know, it's like, I, I, I still did it because it's like well why not I'll, I'll practice it but but as i was doing it i'm like i'm just gonna it's so unique to him mm-hmm. that it's just like oh well now you're just trying to do that so, right. in, so it's weird because i think it it's it's i think it's tough as a musician in whatever instrument you're playing because sometimes you you do have to learn certain things because you're going to play for an artist or a band that's going to say do it like that do it like that guy does it and you're like right okay I'll, <laughs> you know it's like it's it's like i'm just okay um, so, uh, first of all, for, so for someone to be able to, uh, just to create that sort of unique, you know, hopefully it's a sound cause it is music, but right. I mean, uh, but I think, uh, you know, uh, in the case of Jack White's drummer, it's, it's Chris Daru. Uh, 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 Daru Jones. Daru, oh, it's Chris Daru, what? Daru <laughs> Jones. I apologize, yeah. Daru Jones. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but it's again. I think it goes back to well setting it up this way. And who knows? Maybe if we sat down at the kick, go, oh, this doesn't seem as weird as it right. looks. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah. So I'm always I'm always hesitant to try and uh, really delve into something that is so unique to an artist because it's like, well, I'm just copying them now, and it's like I feel like people are just going to see right through that. <laughs> I I think so. So if I'm basing it on that, you know, then I'm like, okay. No, I like this guy now, you know, like, not that I didn't like him. That sounds so stupid, but, but like, what I mean is he's, he's created a thing that's like, that's unique to only him. And it's like, it's pretty dope, man. It's like, that's like you said, now, if I go show up to a gig and be like, no, I'm setting my drums up like this. They're like, whatever, Daru Jones, like want to be, you know? And it's like, you, so you, you (laughs) no, I thought of it first, you know, like, it's like, so, um, I think that's really cool. I think that's really unique. And then obviously like a lot of the industry and freaking Jack white among many others think it's really unique and dope. And, and that's probably his sound. Like if he sets up like a traditional way to play drums, he's, he probably doesn't sound like him. And then now therefore he's developed a sound that's unique to him. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know what? Yeah, I'm on board. board. (laughs) What about you? Funky Phil? Yeah, man. I mean, if it makes you feel good, and 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 
you inspired the play. I don't see what's wrong with it. He was rocking that SNL per yeah. performance. And I, I was kind of like, my first impression was like, yeah, but he could probably like do more. Like, you know, like he could but, probably. But maybe that's why he gets the gigs he does. Cause I know he doesn't do more and it's all about leaving space. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was thinking that like, it looks really uncomfortable and it looks like, uh, I don't know. Like he, he, it's like he could, I don't know. He could flow a lot better, you know, but I'm like, but he, he sounds like him, you know, it's, it's just him. And it, it's like, and, the, and that combo, that band really worked. It was a really unique sound, like a full hip hop drummer playing blues, you know, and then Jack White's guitar just playing was, it was just so great, man. It was one of the best, SNL performances that they've had in a long time. It's really cool. And I got yeah. to watch it. I still didn't see it. Yeah, it's dope. I think it's um, on the internets. Yes. I think it, <laughs> I think it's, you'll, you'll be able to find it, Phil. Um, so yeah. Um, all right guys. So man, uh, Ryland, thank you for joining us. No soapboxes this week, Phil. I have two wrote, wrote, wrote down, but, um, that means you'll I have like 12 next week. This, that's what it's going to mean. Yeah, that's what it's going to mean. Um, my soapboxes are like my weekly rant. I have, dude, Phil, I have a soapbox that I've, it's been written down since we started the show up again. And it's been like, I haven't got on it and it's just festering. It's just building and building and building to it's where. It's about me, isn't it? I'm going to flip this table over by the time I do this freaking soapbox, dude. Um, so we'll get to that all next week. Um, Ryland, if anybody wants to get in touch with you or see what you do or record with you or anything like that, um, how do they get in touch with you? So you're... Yeah, yeah. I, ac I actually, for the first time, I actually do have a website now and it's just rylandstein.com. Um, yeah, I'm able to, I'm, I am able to, to, um, to book remote sessions or in-person sessions. So, and I do have some clients that will send me songs and I'll play drums on them and, uh, cool. and, uh, for low affordable rates, and, uh, but yeah, <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. You can't afford not to call me. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm just, I'm on Facebook and, uh, Instagram just as rylandstein. So cool. Yeah, man, go check it out. Hit the follow button, all that stuff. Um, guys, anything that you guys need to know about drum brigade is on drumbrigade.com. Uh, beach brigade happening right now. Oceanside by the pier. Um, you guys want to jump in, get a lesson on the beach, hit me up. Um, what else, Phil? Patreon, our merch store, all that jazz. Just go ahead and check it out. Yeah, radical. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, thanks again, Ryland. We appreciate it. And um, we'll, we'll have you on again anytime you want or anything you're promoting or anything like that. Just hit us up and um, we'll, we'll, you can jump in anytime. Um, we'll be back next week for a, new, a brand new episode, the Drum Brigade podcast with many soapboxes, most likely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Episode 92, Drum Brigade podcast. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening to the Drum Brigade podcast. This podcast was recorded in the Beat Locker at Pimp City in Oceanside, California. This podcast was produced by Funky Phil Pardell, and all drops and original music are by Corey Kingston. The Drum Brigade theme song is I Don't Like Your Music by The Busters. For more episodes, please visit drumbrigade.com. 
and hit up our archives to hear some great interviews with Thomas Lang, Daniel Glass, Stan Bicknell, Tosh the Drummer, Kurt Buscara, Mike Dawson, and many, many more. For all other things, or to get in touch, please visit drumbrigade.com. Oh yeah, one more thing. Like and subscribe.